I got a cousin named Kevin. He is legally blind. One eye is doesn't work at all. He has a glass eye. He doesn't wear anymore. He used to when he's younger. The other eye he can see, but he's legally blind. And we used to, um, me and my Kevin's brother Joy, we used to aggravate him a lot, and Joy would go overboard a whole lot of times, and Joy would really aggravate Kevin to the point he'd get upset, he'd get mad, and then my cousin Joy would say, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Kevin, I love you, and Kevin would make this statement that if you've ever heard me preach at our church, you probably have heard me use this scenario, but uh, Kevin would say this a lot of times, sorry is just a word to you. And he'd say, love is just a word to you. And basically, he was just letting him know, you know, you may be saying you love me, you may be saying you're sorry, but you don't mean it. That's just a word to you. So, we're going to talk about that today. Let's talk about repentance. Is it just a word to you? This is Daniel Orton, and welcome to the Stay Podcast. Here, my purpose is to strengthen the apostolic why. Hey guys, welcome back. Um, I just want to say real quick, I hope you guys caught last week's episode. Uh, I I felt like it was great, maybe one of the best ones I've been a part of, sure. But uh, my wife's sister, Rita... And my wife and my son, we done the podcast at Galveston, Texas, talking about the heritage of my wife's family, the Fuller family. It was incredible. I hope you go back. If you haven't listened to that one, go back to that one. Listen to that one. Either finish this one. They don't tie together necessarily, but um, you know you need to listen to it. That was a great one and a great response to it as well. Well, hey guys, I'm, I'm glad to be back. Um, I seen something on Facebook, uh, social media, that I thought is such a powerful statement, and I thought, you know, I, I need to talk about this today. And the statement was simply this: I actually done a search. I found a couple names, so I'm not going to credit it. I don't know who said this, but um, it is a quote. We'll call it anonymous, but. No doubt somebody pinned it. I don't know who it is. And maybe if you do, you can comment somewhere and let me know who it is. But this is powerful. Listen to this. We repent enough to be forgiven, but do we surrender enough to be changed? Now, you may not think that's powerful, but to me, that's powerful. And the reason being is, you know, I've been I've been in ministry preaching for 26 years, a little over 26 years. I started teaching Sunday school when I was 18, so been in some type of ministry for over 30 years. I've been pastoring now close to 17 years, and it's a common theme that I have seen so many times. Um, people will be in a service or not in a service. Most times they're in service when repentance happens, but they'll come to the altar, tears dripping off their face. They're truly, you can tell, they're sorry. They They do what we call repentance they repent of their sins 
they asked the Lord, they asked Jesus to forgive them of their sins. And um, no doubt, they're probably sincere, just as my cousin Joy was sincere with Kevin and um, would tell him, hey, Kevin, I'm sorry, I love you. No doubt, he was sorry at times. And, but, you know, but I see these people do this. Repent. They get up. Tears dripping off their face. You can tell something has happened to them. They've, they've had an emotional connection with what's been said or what they're feeling. And they repent. But when they get up, they don't change. They go right back to the same lifestyle. And they go back doing the same things that they have done in the past. Um, now, this podcast, STAY, if you hadn't called it, it it's an acronym for, well, of course, I'm trying to get people to stay, but I put an acronym in there that basically is strengthening the why of the apostolic. And so being apostolic, our key verse that we, we really we look at a lot is Acts 2.38. Peter said to them, repent. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. We believe that is the plan of salvation, that all three of those things, uh, according to the Word of God, all three of those things, and that's a subject for another podcast, so I'm not going to argue that at this moment. It takes all three of those things. We repent, we're baptized in the name of Jesus, and He will fill us with the Holy Ghost, which is a type of Jesus being dying on the cross, that's us repenting, and also Jesus being buried in the tomb, that's us being buried with baptism. And Jesus resurrecting back to life is the Holy Ghost, being us being filled with the Holy Ghost. Now the key element in that is, is repentance. Um, you can't truly get the Holy Ghost if you hadn't repented. And if you got baptized and you're not truly repented, you just got wet and nothing has really happened. So repentance is key, it's, it's so important. And, you know, we have a world of people just uh, just say, accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior and you're saved. But something has to change. And somebody can re repeat a sinner's prayer or they can even go to an altar and cry intently and truly sorry that, and say they're sorry. But if they don't change, how they truly is has salvation really happened in their life? So the word repent in Acts 2:38 it means this uh, from the Strong's Concordance. I have a uh, Bible on my phone, and you can just click on it, and it gives you the Strong's Concordance the Strong's definition of the word repent. It says to think differently or afterwards, that is, reconsider. Morally to feel compunction to repent. The Thayer's Dictionary, I may not be saying that right, but it means to change one's mind. For better, heartily, to mend uh, of one's past sins. It says repentance is a change of mind involves turning with contrition, contrition, whichever way you may say that, from sin. It means remorse. You you turn with remorse. You're really sorry. 
but you don't just turn from your sin, but you turn to God. That's so key, and that's something I'm going to talk about here with this. And um, it means the repentant sinner is in the proper conditions to accept the divine forgiveness. So, repentance, you know, I haven't looked this up. I've heard a lot of preachers say, you know, it's it's a terminology that a lot of military people use when, you know, instead of saying about face, they'll say repent. Basically, repentance is something where you turn around and you go the different you go a different way. You stop going the direction you're going and you change and go another way. So with that, um, just repenting, just you know, just crying and being remorseful of your sins and saying you're sorry doesn't do you any good if you don't change. And that's, that brings me back to the quote that I seen on social media, Facebook. It said, when we, we repent enough to be forgiven, we say we're sorry enough to be forgiven. Because honestly, you know, all we got to do is ask the Lord to forgive us. I don't care what it is. You do wrong. You sin. You, and sin is just basically something against the Word of God. And, and when we do wrong... You literally, all you have to do is say, Jesus, I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? He forgives you that moment. He forget. I mean, if you're sincere and you're asking God to forgive you, he will forgive you. Now, I guess it can be shallow and God knows our heart. He knows, but he knows whether we're sincere or not. But there's sincere people that ask God to forgive them, but they struggle their life to change. And therefore... The, the basis of my entire podcast is try to help people stay connected to God, stay in church. So though they may f- repent, they still struggle in church. And this is where I want to go here with this today is because, yeah, we do repent. And that's so necessary. We've got to, we've got to repent. And He will forgive us. But the second part of that forgiving Asking for forgiveness, repenting, is something that's called surrender. Because if we'll surrender enough of our life to God, we will we will change. You see, this generation is so good at saying, "Do what you want to do." Uh, and I mean, we have today. You can choose your gender. You can say whether you're a guy, girl, cat, dog, whatever. You know, my body, my choice. You choose whether you go to church. Choose what religion, what you're comfortable with. And it's true that we can choose that stuff. You can choose to do whatever you want to do. But we must never forget there is a consequence for our choices. But we need to learn to surrender. So there's this verse in the book of James, James chapter 4. It is the half-brother of Jesus. Uh, half-brother because they had the same mother. Jesus, um, you know, the Holy Ghost overshadowed Mary. That's how he was born. But Joseph was actually James's father, the best we know. But a lot of think, a lot of people think that James was the pastor over the churches in the um, New Testament. And you read James, he's pretty just straightforward. But this is something that's powerful in James Four, verse 7 and 8, he says, Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw not to God, and he'll draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. 
this word submit. Now, I know this quote they give you, you know, we, we repent enough to be forgiven, but do we surrender enough to be changed? There is another word for surrender that we find in the Word of God. It's called submit. And it's something a lot of people doesn't like. It's submission uh, because they this generation wants to do their own thing. And I have found in church, it's, it's a lot of people struggle with, um, a lot of people struggle with, you know, really living for God. I, I was talking to my wife on the way home. I was talking to my wife, Cheryl. She was on the way home from work, and I was on the way home from work, and I was, we was talking about some things, but um, some, you know, some struggles. Being pastor, and we talk about people thinking how, what can we do to help them and such, and we see this so much. We see people repent. I really believe they truly are sorry, but they don't surrender their life to God, to God's ways, to God's word, uh, God's way of doing things, and thus they struggle. So he was talking about it, and I, I, I told her, last night we had a bonfire at my daughter's house and had the kids over. You know, we had a devotion with the kids and uh, just kind of do an alternate thing for uh, the day it was, yesterday being October 31st. And um, anyway, uh, she loves caramel apples, so she's seen this recipe and she said, hey, let me just do this. So basically, you, you slice it just from, I didn't read the recipe, and she didn't either, so I'll get to that, but uh, she may shoot me when she listens to this, but it's a great example of what I'm trying to say here. Basically, you're slicing the caramel apples, you dip them, and you could put sprinkles and stuff on them, whatever. So you didn't have the big bulky caramel apple, but you had this slice that had caramel on it, so it wasn't as big. It sounded like a great idea. So I got here, um, I was doing something, I come back in, and she'd been slicing, she said, this isn't working. And I said, well, you, did you do it like the, what's your recipe or whatever you're saying? She said, no, I just kind of done it my own way. So... This is what we see with a lot of people is, yeah, they're, they're asking the Lord to forgive them and God forgives them, but then they go and kind of do it their own way. Maybe the way they was raised, maybe the way that they think it'll work, or, or maybe they think, does it really take that, or do I really have to stop doing that, or do I really have to do that? Oh, let me bypass this. And it, it causes people to struggle and they really never change because yes, they ask the Lord to forgive them, but they don't surrender their lives to God's ways and therefore they really struggle and they never really change. And I've heard people say, this doesn't work for me. Well, that's just, you know, that is impossible. Because if you really ask the Lord to forgive you of your sins, He will forgive you. And then when you surrender to God's way, what His Word says, and you can't do that if you don't read the Word or listen to preaching or have some type of Bible instruction to you, you don't know what His ways is. And basically, sin is just disobeying God's ways are, you know, not applying his ways to your life. So when, when James said this, we, we think, well, the devil is, I've repented. The devil should run away. Well, James put this 
other thing in here in James 4 and 7. It says, submit yourselves therefore to God. He's saying, surrender yourself to God. Then you can resist the devil and the devil will flee from you. Then he says, then you can draw nigh to him. Draw close to God and God will draw close to you. And your hands will be cleansed and your heart will be cleansed and you won't have that double mind no more inside of you. And you see, because the biblical terminology to be under obedience, which is submission, is to surrender a will. And what, what we got to understand with surrendering, we submit ourselves to God, it is, it, it allows our lives to change and conform to God's Word. Um, Brother Josh Herring, and a phenomenal preacher, I heard him say one time, and he said this statement, he said, whatever area in your life you're not submitted to God in is the area you will struggle with. Now, that's powerful. And we, we see this a lot, you know, with, with people's lives. And if, um, you, uh, um, let's use money for an example, you know. If you're not following God's financial plan, you're not, and He has one. God owns everything. I'm sitting at God's kitchen table. I'm using God's microphone that's uh, recording to God's iPad and I have God's computer in front of me. Somebody says, well, that's no, yours. No, it's God's. He, he give it all to me. I, I work at God's job, no matter where it's at. And they pay me God's money. And God's money, his plan is, look, I'll let you keep 90% of my money if you'll give me 10% back. So if somebody's not following that tithing plan, which is 10% of your income going back to God, it's all his anyway. He'll get it, whether you pay it to the church or to a broken glass or a flat tire, he'll get it. And it's a whole other subject. But if somebody's not submitted to that plan, they're going to struggle with money. What I mean by that, okay, uh, so you're going through Walmart and you only have X amount of dollars and you're going to struggle to resist buying stuff that you don't need. Even though you've repented of your sins, but you're not submitted, you're not surrendered your life to God's financial plan, you'll struggle not to buy that stuff. And you'll struggle, <clears throat> excuse me, financially in all kinds of ways because you're not submitted to God. That's what Brother Heron said. Whatever, you're, whatever area of your life you're not submitted to God in is the area you'll struggle with. Uh, so let's, uh, let's use purity, for example. If you don't keep yourself pure, uh, you don't submit to God's ways, so you're watching shows that has a lot of filthiness, nakedness, things that would cause you to lust. You're not submitted to God's ways, which we, His ways is we separate from that stuff. We don't set no wicked thing before our eyes. We don't listen to things that promotes that lust. Well, you're going to have struggles with that area and therefore struggle with God. Yeah, you may say, you may feel bad once you get done. Uh, let's say people who's not married and they're having sexual relations. Biblically speaking, that's called fornication, or if one of them's married, that's adultery. So you may, you may be living with a partner, and every night you are having sexual relations, not every night or, you know, multiple, whatever times you do that, you know, and then you ask God to forgive you when you get to church because a preacher talks about it. And then you go back to that situation again and have sexual relations once again. 
you're not submitted to God's way of sexuality because that's supposed to be confined between a man and a woman in a marriage, and therefore you will struggle. Even though you're asking God to forgive you, you're not surrendered. You're not submitted to God. You're not surrendering that part of your life to God. So you don't change. I, I hope this is making some sense to someone. So, But if we submit to God, then Jesus becomes Lord over every area of our life that we surrender our lives to. And there's a lot of people, they're not surrendered to God in their careers. Uh, they're not surrendered to God in education, finances, your stuff, your possessions, your home. A lot of people's not, they don't surrender to raising their children the way God has taught us to raise them in our marriages. And so we struggle in those areas. And Lord is, it's just not another title for Jesus, you know, the Lord Jesus Christ. But it means someone who has an authority, someone who has power or influence. That is what a Lord is. And what we have to ask ourselves this question, yes, we may repent and ask the Lord to forgive us for sins. He will forgive us. Do not miss that. I'm not telling us not to repent. It's so important. We should pray and ask God to search our hearts every day and repent. But does Jesus have authority and influence in our decisions, our career, our finances? And we could take that list and go on and on and on. Though we may get up and say, Lord, I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins or before you go to bed, whenever you pray. But then we walk through the day and do the exact same things that we ask God to forgive us of. Then he's not become Lord of our life and we will not change. We've got to ask ourselves if there's any part of our life where uh, we have not allowed God to have say-so in our lives because that's what surrendering our lives is. We had got to ask ourselves, what part of our lives have we allowed the devil to tell us that God has no business being a part of? Yeah, you know, we may repent, but we may hold back part of it, our life. And that's a dangerous thing, you know. We see it in Acts chapter 5, Ananias Sapphira, you know. They said, hey, you know, we sold it for so much, but they held back part of it. And they... They ended up dying, and I know there would be an example made of them, but we've got to ask ourselves, what part of our life have we told God that I'll control this part of my life and, you know, I'll give you a call if I need you, you know. Jesus, as I said, he's already the Lord of Lords. And for the devil to flee from us, for our lives to change, we've got to submit or surrender our will to Jesus' lordship in every area of our life. You see, 2 Corinthians 4, 3 and 4 says, But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world, catch that, the God of this world. If you have a Bible and you see that, you'll see in verse 4 there, 2 Corinthians 4, God is a small g. That means it's not the God Almighty. That means the demigod. It's, he's not really a God, but he's but Paul's letting us know he's the God of this world. He says, what has what the God of this world done? He's blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest they, the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine upon them. What Paul is saying here, the God of this age blinded the mind of the unbelievers. 
so they can't see the light of the gospel or the glory of Jesus Christ. What he does, he blinds us because he is the God of this world. And the devil is called the God of this world or this age of this space of earth that we live in. And Hebrews 2 and 14 says, For as much then as the children are partakers of the flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that though through death he might destroy him that had been power of death, that is the devil. And what this is telling us, that Jesus shared in our humanity to overcome the one who holds power, the power of death, and that is being the devil. The devil is the God of this world we live in. But the devil has no power or authority over uh, other than what is given to him by God. And here's a kicker with this, and this is why so many people struggle to change and really live for God. The devil has no power and authority over us other than what is given to him by God and also by us. God has given us free will to govern our lives. We make our choices, okay? We're not puppets. And, and when we don't submit our lives to Jesus and to Jesus' ways, then our Lord becomes the God of this age, this world down here, the devil. But if we'll submit, we'll surrender every aspect of our life to Jesus, he becomes Lord and the devil loses control and he has nothing to offer us. And that's when we submit to God's ways we go over the head of this world. We, 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 call, we pour rank on him because the devil's supposed to be under our feet. And when we don't surrender to, God, surrender to God's ways and the devil becomes Lord over us in this world. But when we do submit to God's ways, we go over the head of, the, of this world, the devil, and we begin to operate under the heavenly orders and not under earthly orders. And this is something I've said so much. So many people are so connected to this world. This is what you operate on. Is this this world, its ways, this world upsets you. But if we are living under God's orders and his ways and we're submitted to him, we surrender to him, we surrender everything part of our life we realize when, when a washer breaks down, God, that's your washer. I, but I'm going to need something to wash my clothes. So if you're submitted to God's financial plan, you've been paying tithes and giving offerings, you can say, okay, God, what am I going to do about my clothes? Well, the clothes, that actually, they're your clothes. So what am I going to do about these? I can't walk around in dirty clothes. Then we can actually believe that, trust him, that He's going to do something for us in our life. and But when we're so connected to this world and we're not submitted to God, we'll get upset, we'll get bent out of shape. And if you're not careful, some people will lose out because their washer will tore up. Because they don't trust God and they don't realize, hey, yeah, I've repented. We think, oh, I've repented. My washer's not supposed to tear up. Oh, yes, yeah, it doesn't matter if you repent or not. Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation. When a washer tires up and you don't got the money to buy it, that's tribulation, folks. That's just how it works. And, but when we begin to operate under the heavenly orders, not under the earthly orders, the devil is under our feet, and he becomes subject to us. He has to sur surrender to us. 
And the devil can only offer to us whatever we are willing to surrender to him. And if we don't surrender to him things, then we're not operating under his laws. And we'll begin to change. And what this this change happens, we repent for sins, then we start operating under God's um, rules, his domain. And what happens, we begin to trust God and realize, okay, it's not about this world. It's about eternity. I'm operating under, if for some reason God don't want me to have a washer, then I won't have a washer. We realize that I'm not going to get so bent out of shape. I've been changed. I've, I've been born again. It's not about this world. It's about eternity. So we see the Apostle Paul, he explains to the Roman church in Romans 6, 16. He said, know ye not that to whom you yield or surrender yourselves, servants obey his servants, you are to whom you obey, whether sin unto death or obedience or of obedience unto righteousness. You see, the devil has no power over us when we uh, don't surrender an area of our lives to him, but we surrender it to God. And when we're born again of the water and the spirit, we are set free from this world. And a huge part of this freedom is to continue to choose who we serve, whether we're going to continue to serve the devil's ways or we're going to serve God. Because when we obey sin, we worship the devil. I know people don't like that, but that's just really what, that's what we're doing. And when we obey sin, we worship the devil, and we, we're going to live in bondage. But when we obey righteousness, which is doing the right thing, surrendering to God's word, surrendering to God's authority, um, and we surrender to God's financial plans, we, we surrender to the blood of Jesus, stay inside those protective blood-covered doorposts, which is God's laws and rules, you know. We, we surrender the spirit that he fills us with the Holy Ghost, and we let that begin to lead and guide us to all truth. We surrender and submit to the man of God in our lives. When we do that, we, we are worshiping God, and we can live in freedom. Not freedom like a lot of people think, but freedom in your mind, peace, joy, and happiness. And you realize, okay, I know I'm going through something, but for some reason God's letting me go through it because um, I have to trust Him. And see, and people get this idea that when we repent, this change that's happened, it's, it changes the world. Yeah, it does do some things. You'll, you'll be blessed. You'll get a good job. Uh, if you keep paying tithes and you keep going to the house of God, you'll get healthier, you know. And you'll, um, that is, if we're not going against dietary laws, they still operate that way. But the whole point I'm trying to say is we realize when we are surrendering to God in his ways, we're bringing glory to him. See, living for God is simply getting up every day and choosing who I will serve, who I will surrender my life to. And if you, if you serve the devil, then, you know, he'll be able to offer you the world and you'll fall for temptations and you'll end up living in bondage. Whether it's, you know, Drug bondage, anger bondage, depression bondage. Um, we could go on and on with all these things. But when we choose to serve God, we surrender to his ways. Then Satan has no power over our lives. And 
we will not be tempted with the things of this world. And when we make Jesus the Lord of our life, the devil flees from us. He realizes there's no sense of messing with that person because I realize no matter, you know, I can throw this at them. It's not going to, it's not going to bother them because they're surrendered to God. They realize it's not about this world, but it's about eternity. And um, another thing Brother Josh Heron said in an excellent sermon, you can Google it, go to YouTube. Everybody should listen to it and you should practice these prayers. It's called the seven prayers of submission. Again, submission is another word for surrender. But um, um, this sermon he's got, it's called the seven prayers of submission. He says submission is the pathway to dominion. And the reason we have a lot of weak Christians is because we don't, um, we don't know why we're submitting, surrendering to God. And if we could realize why we surrender to God's ways, then we would live a life of dominion and authority over the devil. Because, you know, listen to this open text again. He said, submit. And let me replace that word with surrender because we could use this vice versa here. It said, surrender yourselves to God, resist the devil, he will flee from you. So there's a why in there of why we surrender. Did you catch it? You see, can we, we resist the devil. We can resist the devil all day long. But if you're not surrendering to God, the devil's not going to flee from you. But when we are surrendering to God, we pull rank on the devil. He's got to go. You know, the devil comes to you with a temptation. Um, you know, and you you resist it. And he knows that you're resisting it because you're submitted to God in his ways and he just he'll leave you. Uh, many people... Um, You know, people say, if I had the faith, I could overcome that sin. I've heard people say that. Again, I'm quoting Josh Herring. He said this, if you're resisting the devil and he's not leaving, it's not a faith problem, but a submission problem. That's powerful. Listen to me. Many of the things that we are battling is not faith issues. It is, I guess it kind of is. If you, if you had faith, which is trust and believe in. If we really believe God's ways, then we probably would be more apt to submit in that area. But let, let me can let me kind of end this today. Let me say this that whatever whatever area that we're not surrendering to God in, that's the channel the devil is going to come at you. He's going to come at you like that. And if you're if we're struggling with something, some kind of temptation Whatever area of our life that's not surrendering to God, we're not surrendering that to God, then the devil will come at us with that. And if we'll surrender to God in that area and we'll resist the devil, the devil has to flee because your submission, your surrender to God in that area always trumps the devil. So he has to go. So... Um, you know, for for example, is somebody that's dealing with anger. You've repented. You repent of your sins. And God forgives you. Then you get up from there. 
And there's a lot of people that deal with anger because of they were, the way they were raised. Or maybe they went, you know, your mom, their mom and dad didn't treat them well. Or maybe it was a divorce and they're on the wrong side of it and they was treated wrong. Rightfully have anger, stuff that you're angry about. But if you don't bring that anger in submission to God... And realize, okay, I've got to check this. I've got to figure out what's the trigger of this anger. And for guys, a lot of times it's unforgiveness, uh, even ladies. But you got to figure out what's triggering the, triggering the anger. And then get that corrected. Um, let, let's, you know, may, maybe it is unforgiveness. Somebody done you wrong. And you just don't, you don't think you can forgive them. And most likely they're going on about their life and they don't care no more. But you're still held captive and the devil sees that. So he'll use anything he can to poke you in that area to make you angry. But if you would surrender that part of you and say, okay, I don't like it. He don't deserve it. They don't deserve it. Whoever it may be, they don't deserve to be forgiven. But I forgive them and I release them. Now, you may have to do this a lot. You may have to repeatedly say, I forgive and release them. Because if you speak it enough, you'll, you'll believe it. Okay? That's the power of our words, okay? We have power in our words. And that's a, another subject for another podcast. And I tell people this. If you say it enough, you'll start believing it. And that's why you got to be careful with whatever you say. You got you Don't be beating yourself up, saying I'm worthless and all this. You know, because you're going to believe that stuff. But if we will start saying, I forgive them, I release them. I forgive them, release them. You're surrendering to God's way. I mean, what did Jesus say? How many times you forgive somebody? Right? All right. So I'm not off track with this. He said, you keep repeating. You keep forgiving. And the reason he's saying this is you, you keep doing it long enough. You're submitting to him. You'll start believe it. And then the devil can't make you angry because you've forgiven that person. So you're surrendering him. So the next time he comes around and pokes you and tries to get you angry, you're like, you're surrendered to God. You're submitted to God in that area of forgiveness and the devil cannot make you angry and he'll flee from you during that time. I hope that makes sense. But what we've got to realize that if we are submitted to God, we're surrendered to God and we resist the devil, then he'll have to go. So, uh, my last verse here, and I'll, I'll end this. Second Chronicles seven fourteen says the famous verse. You see it in yards. Uh, we've seen a lot over the last couple of years. People use it a lot because we need our land healed, and it deals with that. But Second Chronicles seven fourteen says, "If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land." Humble is the first thing that we are required to do in this verse, and that means be subdued, brought down, below, brought, uh, to be brought into subjection. In other words, for me to hear from heaven and have my sins forgiven and to have my land healed, I must be brought into subjection to God, or I must surrender myself to God. That's what changes me. Yes, repentance is necessary. It's powerful. But it can just be a word to you. To a word that is just something that you do. And we, we've dealt with so many people at our church in Marion 
that, yeah, they've cried, they've repented. They've even been filled with the Holy Ghost and been baptized in Jesus' name. But they don't surrender their lives to God, being humble before God and realizing, I'm nothing, God. I need you. I depend on you. I surrender my will to you. You take control of my life. The, the late Brother Eli Hernandez says, heaven operates through humility. And humility is uh, when we submit, surrender to God, that's how we become humble. And if I can surrender um, to God, I'm submitting to God and the devil's going to flee from me. And then I can have dominion in my life. And um, if I surrender, heaven will operate in my life. So the song we sing, we've sang a lot. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to thee, my blessed Savior. I surrender all. So, yes, repentance is important. And you can repent, and God's going to forgive you. But the change will come when we begin to surrender our life in every area we can. And this is a process. It doesn't happen overnight. you got to chip away at that thing, okay? One step at a time. Keep surrendering each little spot of your life. Finances, uh, your, your attitude, your depression, all the things you're dealing with. Surrender that to God and you will change. You will change. I believe that with all my heart. I'm still learning to surrender a lot of things in my life. So, hey guys, I appreciate you joining in today. Um, I was going to make this shorter, but here we are at 40 minutes. So, please forgive me. Share this with people. Um, share it. If you know somebody that's struggling to, to change in their life, maybe this will help them. Maybe, maybe it'll make them worse. I don't know. I hope not. But, um, hey, Share this with somebody. Rate the podcast. Uh, follow the, the Facebook uh, page I got going on. I'll usually share it, this, the podcast on there. If you own LinkedIn, I'm on LinkedIn. I'll share it on there. And I've shared it on um, Instagram, son. But, um, hey, appreciate everybody listening, joining in. And um, share this. If you got a subject you'd like me to t- tackle, jump in there. And... Um, Hey, even if you if you feel like you've overcome some few things to be able to help keep you in church, contact me. Maybe I can get you hooked up and we can uh, uh, have you on the podcast for a special guest. So I appreciate all the everybody's jumped in here and helped. So God bless. Hope you have a great day and we'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening today. If anything you have heard today in this podcast has helped you, why don't you share it with someone you know, a friend or family member, and also consider rating and following us as well. Hope you have a great day. God bless you.